Hi everybody, John Bishop here with John Bishop Fine Arts. So glad you're here. This is my podcast, Conversations for Freelance Creatives. I'm, I'm glad you joined me today. Well, it's been a good week. Uh, the weather's changing, and that's that's always good, I think. <laughs> it just means that winter's coming. But we've got a good long fall here in Texas, and usually fall doesn't arrive this early. Uh, usually it doesn't hit until November, end of October, November. Here it is hitting at the mid to late September, which is truly strange for this for this area. I don't know if that's a sign of the times to come or the severity of the winter to come. But that also means that we're starting to enter our fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter is obviously an important time because it means I have to get all of those business documents prepared that I should have been doing all year, uh, getting ready for the end of the year. And I also have to, I have to get ready for what, for most people who are in sales, is the biggest shopping period of the year. In fact, people make more in this fourth quarter than they do in the other three. Uh, that has not been my experience with our art business in the past, but you know, it is the experience of some. So I'm not saying that it shouldn't be the experience that I'm having. Uh, so this fourth quarter is a big deal. It's when everybody starts to get ready to shop for the holidays, whatever holidays they celebrate. They're like squirrels gathering nuts. Uh, they're, they're storing up for the winter when they're going to be nesting at home. They might be doing, the kids are back at school. They're, uh, they might be fixing up the house, getting it ready for winter, just getting it ready uh, for that period of time. So it's a great opportunity to reach out and make as many sales as we possibly can during this kind of golden time. And how you do in Q4 is really going to be determined a lot about how you sell art. Now, the last two, three years when, since we've been at uh, Silver Street, and actually a little before, we've invested a lot of time and effort in setting up a physical studio space that serves kind of like a shop, right? Like a gallery. And uh, we get foot traffic in and people see our work, they see what's new, they visit with us, and we, we build relationships, we make sales, and uh, that's great. The problem is, of course, that, you know, when we first got to Silver Street, we used to have scary large crowds coming in on our open days, and that started to dwindle. And then COVID hit, and that disappeared completely. In fact, we were shuttered for a while. And then that foot traffic has never really come back. And that's a problem for us because we're putting a lot of our eggs in that basket. The other issue is that our neighborhood is changing. Uh, the, the whole neighborhood is being filled with uh, kind of medium to expensive condos and apartments. And that's great because that means there are a lot of people who are moving into the neighborhood who need to decorate a new home. And that means art. So that should be a positive. The, the wrinkle to that is most of them are young. They're in their 20s and they may or may not be interested in the kind of art that I'm doing. They may be looking for something a little younger, a little edgier. That also means that they're not generally already art collectors because they're starting out in their lives and they haven't gotten to that point yet. And equally important, 
their lifestyles are different. Most of them don't have kids yet, and so they're, they're more about going out and having a good time, and, and they want to come by and look at art, but they're really just out to look at art and meet the artists and have an experience. That's all well and good, but it doesn't necessarily translate into sales like it used to. And so we put a lot, a lot of attention into having that physical space. And that's not really paying off right now. What we have neglected during this time, and we've talked about the fact that we weren't ready when COVID hit, is to have a really robust online presence where people can shop and buy our art online. And we really have been, since the pandemic, we really have been putting a lot of attention there as well. It takes a long time, I think, but, uh, you know, it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. I think the really important thing to look at, though, is how people actually buy art. Now, if you have a shop, if people wander by, they see something they like, they buy it as an impulse. If you're on vacation, you're very likely to buy a piece of art, particularly if it reminds you of the place that you're visiting, that you're having such a lovely time at. People don't generally go in and search for art the way they, they would to, to buy a car or to buy groceries. You don't have an idea of what you want when you go to look. Nobody really types in, I need a large picture in acrylic on canvas with the center having a frog. It's just, people don't look for art that way. They see something they like and they buy it. So to spend a lot, a lot of time building my website and building the SEO to my website so that I can capture people's searches, I just don't believe at my scale, maybe, maybe on a much larger scale, but at my, the size of my small business, I really think our time is better spent uh, not spending all that time developing SEO. You know, you, you do the basics, you, you, you cover yourself, but spend more of our time in creating those online experiences where people can buy art the way they actually do, by finding it, by falling in love with it and needing to have it, uh, an impulse buy. And that's the way we should be developing our online presence. Now it's really, really important though that you have a website that is capable of taking somebody who is interested and moving them to a sale. I have a good friend I haven't seen since back in college and we've kind of reconnected now that we're old as old people do. And he said, I'm interested in buying a piece from you. And I said, well, just go to my website. And, and then I checked after I sent him to my website and I realized that I haven't uploaded a lot of things to my website of the particular types of things. He's interested in those little uh, cartoon uh, uh, illustrations that I do, those little cartoon heads. And a lot of them are not on the website. And I thought, well, wow, I just sent him to the website and it can't, it, he can't really go there and buy something. So I contacted him and we talked, but how many people have I lost because they haven't really found the inventory that they were looking for? And so, again, you need to have that website, you need to have that presence, uh, 
so that when people are looking, in fact, they can clinch, clinch the deal and, and move directly to a sale because when they're ready, that's when they're going to buy. Now, I know that really the best way to sell art is in person, one-to-one. -one. That, that conversation with the artist, describing the art, showing the art, letting people experience the art, and, and building some sort of story with them that, that makes them want to purchase the art. And that's hard to do on a website, uh, particularly if you're not involved, if they're buying while you're asleep. Uh, but you know, it does happen. In fact, I recently, this just this month, made a sale on Etsy. It's my, I've sold a few small things like 8x10s and a couple of zines on Etsy. But I actually sold like a $400 painting, a fairly large uh, painting on Etsy. Just got a notification, somebody bought it and I needed to get it to them. Just so happens they were fairly local and we just drove over and dropped it off. But that person I never actually met. Uh, and he saw a piece of art, he loved it, he bought it, case closed. That's pretty rare. But when I went back into Etsy to say, okay, wow, that's really cool, I realized that I only have two or three of the larger paintings available. So if I'd have had more for him to look through, he may have found something different or maybe others come and don't find things. Uh, but you, you need to make a commitment to that web presence and make sure they're gonna have a good experience when they get there and that they can move on to make a sale. Uh, so how do you do that? How do you, if, if, if people aren't going to go in and search for, you know, I want a large picture of a flower, uh, a Texas blue bonnet. Uh, if that's not what they're going to go in and search for, how do you find them? Well, one of the things I was just looking at is, is, is the trends. I, I tried to do some research into what are the things that people are looking for in 2021 that I could incorporate into my art, into my SEO, into what I'm presenting online. And the idea is, they, they gave me actually a list of, there were, I think there were 35 things, that, uh, products that they thought would sell well in 2021. And, and among the 20, top 25, uh, there were things like cat beds, dog bowls, uh, things that I could easily incorporate into the SEO. If I did, it doesn't mean I have to do a lot of cat beds, but let's say I did one. And then when people are searching for those trending topics, they can stumble across your art. Maybe they don't buy the cat bed, but then maybe they see your art, fall in love with it and buy it on your website. There are ways I think that we could do that much better. And it, and it struck me odd is because the last thing, the 35th thing on their list was headscarves, which I would never have thought uh, to have been a big deal. The, the number one thing was masks, uh, COVID masks, surgical masks. And now I would have thought, well, that's a little cliche. And, uh, but no, you know, Bogdan had a couple come in just last week and they bought a picture from a photograph. No, it's actually a painting he did, um, an abstract, because they thought it looked like the coronavirus. 
Who would have thought that would have been something somebody wants to hang in their, their living room? And yet it does make a lot of sense. I mean, this pandemic has changed people's lives and maybe this is a way they want to kind of commemorate the fact that, yeah, this is a big deal and it's something we're going to remember the rest of our lives. We should mark it somehow. And so what I thought was interesting is, is it would be really, really easy for me to, dis to have a few masks available and it would be really, really easy for anyone, if you're a photographer, you're a visual artist of any kind, to do a few headscarves is, is simple. So if, if I actually had some things out there, some, some SEO that was touching the trends, it doesn't mean I have to spend a lot of time doing it, but to tar start to tap into those markets of the people who are looking for pet related materials or who are looking for, I don't know, decor home decorative things. Uh, um, yeah, one of the other things is really big. If, if you look at a huge trending thing now is van life. I actually follow a couple of people uh, on, on uh, vlogs who live in a van and travel around. I have no interest in moving out of my home and moving into a van. I'm too old and too fat and, and it's just not my cup of tea. I don't want to live that tiny at this point in my life. But I think it's fabulous that they are and I love their experiences. But van life is something that I would have thought would have been impossible for me to, to be involved with. Now what I hear a lot of people are doing is they're starting to take vans and convert them into art studios. So they don't actually live in their van or they might live in their van for a weekend, but really they take their van to art shows, to art fairs, to van life events, and they sell art out of their van. They're there for a short period of time, so there's, there's some urgency there. And I just thought it was a really, really clever way of tapping in to something that whenever you, you there's a lot of people searching about van life uh, and uh, you might could tap into that a bit through those trends. Uh, but anyway, that's my rant for the day. It's really, really important that we get ready for Q4 and that once we're ready, uh, we really target the people who are interested and give them an experience that makes them want to buy art. That's my challenge for myself and for you guys this week. Uh, other than that, just getting ready at the studio. We have our big open day this weekend uh, where we have biennial. So every uh, twice a year we have these big events, evening events, food trucks and everything. So there'll be quite a big deal. The last couple have been pretty slightly attended because of COVID. We'll see with the Delta variant whether or not this one is also slightly attended. But it's a big deal for us and it's a way of marking that Q4 and, and really starting some early holiday shopping. Uh, been doing a lot of new work for that to that end. I'm actually in the second kind of semester of the art lab with my residency program with uh, PRPGMX, Michael Swank, his gallery and his residency program in Mexico City. And so what we do is we have an eight week session where once a week we get together, we work on a project, small cohort of artists, which is great. And we share and, and critique and celebrate what we're doing with our projects. Uh, it, it's a great experience for me. This time I'm working on trying to bring illumination into my paintings. I've done that in the past. 
and realize that I don't know how to do it all the time. It just kind of happens now and again. I want to know how to do it on purpose. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on for the next uh, eight weeks. And that means I'm going to have to create quite a lot of work in order to, to experiment with that theme. So I'm doing, and that, that helps build the, uh, the inventory for Q4 as well. Uh, I also had a great uh, commission. Uh, one of my collectors, Keith, he uh, bought a small 8x10 uh, painting from me and he really likes it. That's marvelous. He likes it so much that he wants me to recreate 15 other originals like it based on that, that uh, painting. And he wants to give them away as Christmas presents. And I thought, what a clever idea. That way he has, he's able to give a very thoughtful, lovely, hopefully lovely, but a very meaningful present at Christmas uh, that no one else is going to have because it's an original piece of art. And it also helps me out as a local artist. And I thought very, very clever of him, very, very uh, appreciative that, that he's so kind and, and thoughtful. Um, so I've, I've been working on that commission and kind of plugging for others to, to ask for commissions for the holiday season. That would be another great way to, to get some work in. I just put out our newsletters, which of course is always a big deal. It's uh, not hard to do, but it's, it's just, you know, you never, you always put it on the back burner until it's time. Uh, but I also got a call this week from Read Pakistan. I don't know if you guys remember, a few months ago, I did a presentation uh, for, one, uh, for a kind of a conference they were having on literature, and I gave a talk on uh, poetry and art, uh, the rhythm, rhythm in poetry and art. And then I was uh, asked back to do a presentation about libraries and reading, and that's which is what I did for 30 years. And so I got a call this week from the director of, of Read Pakistan and the, the kind of vice presidents and, and the leadership of, of the NGO. And they actually asked me to be uh, an ambassador for their organization, which I, I feel is a, is a great honor. I'm not sure what that means yet. And basically they're waiting for me to come up with a plan of what I'm going to do as an ambassador. And uh, so I'm just, I'm very touched that I was asked. It's, it's work, but it's work I think I'll really enjoy. So if you're looking for a good charity, uh, think of Read Pakistan and uh, there'll be more. I'll be talking more about what I'm actually doing with them as it happens, but it's all pretty new. So that's basically what's going on here. Still working on the home studio, uh, still trying to fix it up the way we like it. I'm actually working here quite a lot this week. Uh, one of the reasons is because somebody at the studio actually came down with symptoms of COVID. Uh, well, actually no very few symptoms. She was going on holiday and wanted to make sure she was just gonna get tested so she could tell everybody she'd been tested. Well, she came out positive and her husband was positive. And uh, he had, I think, uh, slight uh, symptoms. She had virtually no symptoms. Uh, so it was a, kind of a fluke that they even got tested. And so I've had kind of a sniffle this week. So I said, you know, I'm just going to stay home as much as possible, just in case uh, I have an asymptomatic case of COVID going on. But I don't actually feel bad. So knock wood. Hopefully that's nothing. But other than that, I've just been uh, cranking out new work, hoping, hoping that you're having a creative week as well. Uh, I will see you again next time. Um, 
when, uh, hopefully I'll have more news on, on the home studio as well as what we, what we did actually on this big open day that we're having. So have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.